Gracious and holy God, even as you have been speaking to us through this service, we ask, Lord, as your word is read and as it is proclaimed, that you would speak your words of life right into our souls. Use my words or speak in spite of my words. But God, we await a word from you today. And may the words of my mouth, may the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. This morning, we continue this sermon series about being calm and courageous no matter what. In the last couple of weeks, we've looked at Joshua as he took on the mantle of leadership from Moses and prepared to cross over the Jordan River and how he could be calm and courageous. Last week, we looked at David um, as a young shepherd boy as he began um, and, and faced the giant Goliath and talked about the giants in our lives and how to be calm and courageous. Well, today, as, as Leanne said a few moments ago, we are looking in the, in the book of Daniel, and we're going to look at um, the, these three that we find in this book and, and talk about how it is that we can be calm and courageous when we know, when we know at our center that we are in Christ and that we know who God is. I want to give you a little bit of background on this story. So starting back in, uh, in chapter 1 of the book of Daniel, and we'll get to our today's scripture in just a moment, we're told at the beginning of the book of Daniel that, that the Babylonians had conquered Judah, and they had brought into King Nebuchadnezzar's court uh, the best of the best, young men without any blemish that were part of the nobility, part of the higher class. They, they got them and they brought them into the king's court and then put them on a three-year training program so that they would then be able to advise the king about, about the peoples there that were in exile. No doubt he did this with other countries that he conquered. He would sort of take the best of the best, put them through this three-year training, and then they could be trusted and be there to guide the king um, as he dealt with this assortment of people as the Babylonian Empire grew. Um, and so you have these, these exiles from Judah, and we're introduced to them, and they're Daniel, and they're Hananiah, and Mishael, and Azariah. Well, they renamed the three Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and we, we find, first of all, that as they were going to be a part of the king's court, that where we, where we see them, first of all, going to where their center is in God is when they refuse the food of the king's court. Food that was rich and lots of wine and no doubt had probably been part of celebrations offered to idols and such. And they said, no, we don't want that food. Feed us vegetables and water. And they did. And they showed that they were able to maintain their strength. And so after the three-year period, they were put in parts, in charge of parts of a Babylon then we're introduced in chapter 3, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar has erected a, a very tall, a wide statue. It's kind of like a tower, and it's covered in gold. And, and here's the thing. 
He mandated that at the sound of all of these instruments that everyone in his kingdom should turn to that idol, to that statue, and bow down and worship it. You see, one of the ways to help this mixed mash of people that King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians had overthrown and now brought into their country, one of the ways to assimilate them was to have a common religion. And so no matter who else each of these peoples may worship, he's trying to make them have a single religion. Um, when the, the government uses a religion, a single religion, um, to assimilate and control the masses here. Everybody's commanded to bow down and worship when the music played. And if not, they're given a special incentive. If you don't do it, we have this blazing furnace over here that you will be thrown into and burned up alive. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... They're, they're followers of the one true God. They are not going to bow down to that, alt, to that um, idol. And so King Nebuchadnezzar was told about it by others who really wanted them to get into trouble. And he, he gave them the chance to recant. He said, tell me now and that you will bow down to this next time the music plays. And yet, we pick up in chapter 3, verse 16 for their response. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to present a defense to you in this matter. If our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and out of your hand, O king, let him deliver us. But if not... Be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods. We will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. Inspired by this scripture, Bart Milliard of Mercy Me was having a really bad day. He had taken his son, who had been diabetic since he had been two, to the doctor and and just was thinking about this is something his son's going to deal with his whole life. He was thinking of other things that were really troubling him, and he started to share with a friend about how hard it is to stand up and sing about how wonderful God is and how God takes care of everything and how he so wished he could be more like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And so as they talked and he began to write this song, he wrote, it's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down, but what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? I know you're able and I know you can save through the fire with your mighty hand, but even if you don't, my hope is you alone. Can you relate to that? Can you relate to that, that desire to stay calm and courageous when everything is heating up? Don't we long to be so sure of our own identity in Christ and so sure of the love of God that we can stand up even when circumstances around us are awful? 
Well, to get back to the scripture for the rest of the story, um, they were indeed thrown into the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar was so angry, he had the furnace heated up to seven times its normal heat. It was so hot, as a matter of fact, that when they bound up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he got the strongest men in his kingdom to go toss them into the furnace, all of the men carrying those three burned up. It was so hot, close to the furnace. And they threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace, all bound up with all their clothes on them. And then the king looked to see what was going to go on. And we're told in Scripture that as King Nebuchadnezzar looked in there, he asked his, his assistants, he goes, weren't there just three people thrown in there? Because I see four, and the fourth one looks something like a god. And nothing seems to be happening. They're up walking around in the flames. And so um, we have in this sense as Christians, of course, we look back on that fourth person in the fiery furnace and we recognize that that prefigured the Christ, that even then that Christ was with them in in a real way in the furnace. And so Nebuchadnezzar called them to come out and out they came, um, the three Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came out of the fiery furnace. Their clothes weren't singed, their hair wasn't singed, they didn't even smell like smoke. (laughs) And so um, the king Nebuchadnezzar said, okay, you know what? Their God is not to be blasphemed. Their God can be worshiped, and they are not to be forced to worship the golden idol. But you know, those three had no guarantee that that's how this story would work out. Um, Because often, when we choose God's way over another way, there is a price to pay. Jesus even said in John chapter 15 to 17, as he's talking to his disciples, he promised that there would be trouble because we do not belong to this world. Being calm and courageous when we live from our center, which belongs to God, When we can do that, even though the world may toss us around, the culture may try and defend us, we can live courageously when we understand that at our very center, we belong to Christ, that we serve a God who knows us completely and loves us completely. We also understand that we are commanded to do good for others. John Wesley put it pretty succinctly, or at least we've summarized him, to to avoid harm, to do good, and to stay in love with God. Fast forward into history, more modern history, uh, for another person who faced his own fiery furnace, and we look at Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a German theologian and Nazi resistor. He was born in 1906 and died in 1945. As as Hitler began his rise to power, there were some pastors who preached that Hitler was indeed the embodiment of Christ's presence in the world then. One even said, Christ has come to us through Adolf Hitler. You see, the German people had been so despondent after the defeat in World War I 
the subsequent economic depression that they suffered, that the charismatic Hitler appeared to be the nation's answer to prayer, at least to most Germans. But one exception was the theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And as Hitler rose in power, becoming chancellor in January of 33 and president a year and a half later, his anti-Semitic rhetoric and actions intensified, as did his opposition. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer, along with some other pastors and theologians, organized the Confessing Church, which announced publicly in its Barman Declaration in 1934 that it's, their allegiance first and foremost was to Jesus Christ. During the time of, of Nazi Germany, Bonhoeffer was, uh, was available and went to the United States of America to present a series of lectures. And as things were heating up in Germany, he had the opportunity to just wait it out over here in the United States, and he didn't. And Bonhoeffer wrote, I will have no right to participate in the reconstruction of Christian life in Germany after the war if I do not share the trials of this time with my people. And so he returned to Germany. In 1943, Bonhoeffer was arrested for his resistance movement and for helping Jews to escape. He was put in prison he was eventually sent to one of the death camps, and one month before Germany surrendered, he was hanged. As they went to get him in, in his bunk, they found him praying at his bunk. When they took him to the gallows just before he was hanged, he bowed his head again in prayer. You see, Bonhoeffer knew how to be calm and courageous, no matter what. I know you're able, and I know you can, save through the fire with your mighty hand, but even if you don't, my hope is you alone. There are some countries, even today, that followers of Jesus or the label Christian is enough to have you targeted for persecution here in the United States, it's not likely that we would be thrown into a fiery furnace for our faith or hanged like Bonhoeffer, but we might be ridiculed. We might be called to choose an unpopular stance. We will, for sure, have pivotal moments of internal turmoil and moments of pain when we have that choice to either walk faithfully and stay calm and courageous and keep the faith or turn away and go the other direction. Like you, I want to grow more sure every day of who I am at my center, to grow in my trust of Christ and my love of God remembering that he is with us always and helping me to be calm and courageous no matter what. Many hundreds of years, 
following this story from Daniel's uh, book of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We have Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night in which he had been betrayed, on the night he would be arrested, the day before he would be crucified. And we read in the Gospels about him praying mightily in the Garden of Gethsemane. One of the Gospels says he was praying so fervently that that his sweat was like great drops of blood. And he prayed, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And yet, not my will, but your will be done. And because of his life and death and resurrection, we have the privilege of having Jesus live within us through his promised Holy Spirit when we say yes to him. Friends, it doesn't mean that life will always be easy, but it does mean that life will be meaningful. And it helps us to say with mercy me and with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you've been faithful, you've been good all my days. Jesus, I will cling to you, come what may. I know you're able, and I know you can. Save from the fire with your mighty hand, but even if you don't, my hope is you alone. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, imprint on our hearts your love, your life that is promised as followers of Jesus Christ. Help us to be brave. Help us to be calm and courageous, O God, no matter what. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.